Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. We're all about truth, justice, and the American way, as you know. And this weekend, we're focusing on injustice. We're looking at what is happening with the January 6th committee, the continued persecution of almost a thousand Trump rally supporters, demonstrators, protesters, and yes, in some cases, those who trespassed on the Capitol that day in Washington, D.C. And the role of both Nancy Pelosi's private police force and the federal agents and informants who may have played a significant role in agitating and in some cases inciting the crowds on Capitol Hill to enter the Capitol itself. Four protesters died that day. A U.S. Capitol Police Department officer shot and killed Ashley Babbitt at point-blank range as she tried to enter the House lobby through a shattered glass door. Lieutenant Michael Byrd, whose identity was kept secret from the American people for months, said he had no idea whether Babbitt, an Air Force veteran, was armed or not. She was not armed and she was not threatening anyone. She was trespassing and obviously caught up in the moment, but no one who has watched the video of her senseless tragic death believes she deserved to be shot, let alone killed. Roseanne Boylan died that day as well, outside the Capitol. She was in the back of a MAGA crowd just watching all that was going on. And then the police, no one seems to know why, decided to gas the crowd, and the crowd turned and ran as they fired. Boylan was knocked to the ground, as were lots of others, and one person who fell next to her said they couldn't get up, caught in the crush. But she was seriously injured, and she died holding the hand of the man next to her. Her cause of death? We'll get to that today. Our guest is Julie Kelly, author of January 6th, how Democrats use the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. She's been at the forefront of reporting on the tragedy of January 6th, her reporting on American greatness informing us of what we know about January 6th and what has transpired since. Julie Kelly, great to have you back with us on The Great America Show. And your reporting, as always, uh, sensational uh, absolutely terrific. Uh, and your coverage of the Roseanne Boylan story just leaves every reader, every listener, every viewer uh, who comes in contact with that story in any way on any media uh, is, is, is our blood boils at, at what you're reporting. 
Well, Lou, there are two huge cover-ups happening related to January 6th. Number one is the involvement of federal agencies, more specifically the FBI, who they infiltrated, what they did months before January 6th, and of course, on that day. Uh, We will eventually find out, but it will be a long time coming. The other major cover-up and scandal is the death of four Trump supporters that day, all four either directly caused or was contributed by the excessive force and misconduct by Capitol Police and D.C. Metro Police. We already know that Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed veteran who posed no threat to anyone, was shot and killed almost at point-blank range by Lieutenant Michael Byrd, whose name was covered up by the media and Capitol Police for months before we found out who he was. Um, And now there is new body cam video that shows what happened to Roseanne Boylan, a 34-year-old Trump supporter from Georgia, who uh, was killed mostly by what police were doing to protesters that day. And there's new video out. I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on Truth Social. I'll post it on Getter. Um, But, Lou, this is a major scandal. And the media is covering it up. The Democrats, certainly the January 6th committee, is not exposing what happened. Um, but this is uh, this is absolutely horrific and tragic what happened to both Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan, and the two other men who died that day. And you have video of uh, the police officer beating her, uh, and I mean absolutely wailing on her. Uh, as it's happening and from um, from several angles, right? There are. And I've been reporting on this for months, Lou. As you know, I detail the account, eyewitness accounts of what happened to Roseanne Boylan in my book about January right. 6th. I've, I've been talking about this for months. Um, so, yeah. By the way, I, I just want to tell uh, our listeners, uh, Julie's book, uh, January 6th, is on our website and uh, you can uh, you can get there and click and and uh, buy her book which we recommend to you highly as a matter of fact in our gallery of books for all our guests uh, she's in the number one position so uh, it's easy to find thank you you thank you you Uh, for that lou uh, our pleasure um so what happened that day was excessive Uh, misconduct and excessive force by police officers for hours. What happened to Roseanne Boylan, and she died two hours after Ashley Babbitt was executed. Lou, there was no reason for police to be doing what they were doing to protesters at 4.30 in the afternoon. The building had been evacuated. No one was inside the Capitol. There was no threat. What they did, Lou, is lured people into this tunnel, gassed them with this noxious gas. We still don't know the identity of it, but eyewitness accounts said it caused people to actually pass out, not be able to breathe. This was happening to Roseanne at that point. The same time, you had this massive wall of D.C. and uh, Capitol Police who shoved these protesters backwards outside of this tunnel as they were gassing them in this enclosed area. Roseanne Boylan fell. She was trampled after being gassed. And then as she laid on the ground, lifeless, at about 425 that afternoon, you now see video confirmed of Lila Morris, a D.C. Capitol Police officer, beating Roseanne Boylan's probably dead body at that point with a nightstick in her chest and on her head as she laid on the ground motionless as people were begging for help and also fighting police officers 
who are not doing anything. And of course, this one officer who is beating her. And we know the identity of that officer. Uh, we, uh, I'm sure, will learn the identity of those around who did nothing. But this is, as you have reported, I mean, this is not an, uh, unfortunately, this is not an isolated incident. Her death uh, is uh, uh, among four. Uh, but we saw this kind of brutality on the part of the police, uh, including flashbang uh, grenades going off in, uh, amongst pr protesters and demonstrators who were doing nothing at the time. Uh, to see these officers with those uh, big uh, gas masks on, you're wondering what in the world, why do they have that on? Exactly. Because there's, there's, no, there's no gas. Uh, and this, this just looks, it looks like a scene out of uh, something at Tiananmen Square or in Hong Kong demonstrations. Uh, the brutality of the police, police is un-American, uh, and it's despicable. And it, as you say, it's a cover-up, and no one, no one, <laughs> make any mistake, the Washington Post is doing nothing. The, right. the networks are doing nothing about this story. Julie Kelly is at the forefront of the reporting on this story. She's doing a great job. But this is a story that should uh, they should be flooding the zone from every news outlet in Washington, D.C., and certainly The Washington Post, because this is ignorance and violence, brutality against American citizens. And, you know, they can be damned at the Capitol Police. No, this is not about police. This is about a bunch of thugs who lost That's their right. minds. And, and and we've really got to get to the bottom of this. Um, we do. And Lou, just imagine for a moment, and I hate to gratuitously interject race, but you have a black police officer who shot and killed a white woman. You have another black police officer, Lila Morris, now who is on camera viciously beating Roseanne Boylan. I think she was hitting other protesters there, too. If the roles were reversed. If this had happened during the 2020 riots at Lafayette Square outside of the White House, where you had white police officers shooting at black protesters or beating them, or in another instance, I wrote about a woman named Victoria White. She was repeatedly beaten on the head by two D.C. Metro police officers in the tunnel. There's surveillance video to prove this. And when he dropped his baton, he started punching Victoria White in the face. We are talking about police brutality on a scale we have not seen in the public square in years, probably. But to your point, the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, the January 6th committee, no, even Republicans, Lou, they have no interest in exposing the murder, basically, of at least two and probably the two other men who died of heart uh, failure at around two o'clock that day after police were throwing flashbangs into the crowd caused heart attacks in these two men and were carted off by paramedics. This was before Ashley Babbitt was shot. Oh, man. You know, I just, as you talked about the issue of race in this conflict, I'm thinking back to George Floyd and those police officers. The, the entire country saw those, that video. Uh, and I think we need to talk about this a bit as we, as we discuss what happened that day and, and to whom uh, and who were the perpetrators? We saw video of that. And right now, the 
Biden administration itself is locking down this video. Is that correct? That's right. So there's 14, Tell us about 000, that. Right. So there's 14,000 hours of surveillance video that was captured by Capitol Police security cameras between noon and eight o'clock on January 6th from every angle inside and outside the building around the entire Capitol complex, really. All of that video is under protective order. The DOJ has classified it as highly sensitive government material. Lou, even 30 and 45 second clips that are used in these various prosecutions are under protective orders. Now, why is that? If this was a horrific terror attack comparable to 9-11 or the Oklahoma City bombing, wouldn't, don't, doesn't the public deserve to see this? Why is it under protective orders? Open up all the video, let us see exactly what happened. But Lou, when you see this new video that's out today about Roseanne Boylan, now this is body-worn camera footage, some of it is surveillance video, you see exactly why they don't want this out. Because they do not want to see, and these are not police officers, these are jackbooted thugs at the direction of Nancy Pelosi and Muriel Bowser, the D.C. mayor. They had their marching orders. That's why they denied National Guardsmen additional requests for National Guardsmen and offers by the president, because they didn't want Guardsmen there looking at Capitol and D.C. Metro Police and saying, why are you throwing sting balls with rubber bullets into a crowd of peaceful Americans outside of the building? Why are you dousing them with chemical spray? Why are you using rifles that are deploying pepper balls, which emits this gas as soon as it hits the ground? Why are you punching and shoving and pushing them off of ledges? Those guardsmen would have been there as some type of protection for the Americans who are being attacked by these uh, alleged police officers. They are not. They were clad head to toe in riot gear. You cannot even see the faces of these men. They had helmets. They had full gas masks masks on. They had gloves on. They had boots on. They had knee pads on. They had batons. Why were they dressed like that for, for what? They are the ones that provoked the violence and the death on January 6th, not the Trump supporters, DC and Capitol Police. And now we have more evidence today of exactly what these ghouls, these monsters did uh, to at least Roseanne Boylan that afternoon. It is sickening to watch, I will tell you. Uh, and I'm going to, at the same time, I'm telling you how sickening it is to watch. I'm going to urge everyone listening to look at that video. Because if you think for one moment that this is not ideological, if you think for one moment this was an, in some way a coincidence, these officers are operating under orders to do what they're doing. There is no in my uh, in my mind, there is no other inference that can be drawn from the way in which they behave. Uh, their officers, uh, their 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 officers in terms of uh, rank uh, were were right there watching. Uh, they had plenty of people around them who could have stopped this if it were not the design of that of those police uh, uh, policemen to do exactly what they were doing, beating people brutally. Uh, carrying on uh, as I really uh, have never seen a police department uh, operate. It was sickening. Uh, and to kill. Tell us about the other deaths, uh, Julie, uh, yeah. because it is it is just a, a, a national tragedy. But there's another national tragedy unfolding. And that is, as you say, the cover up and 
and the fact that they're trying to protect those who were actually in that day murderers. And let's let's before I get into that, Lila Morris has been exonerated by the D.C. Metro Police Officer. Lila Morris was honored at the Super Bowl with Officer Michael Fanone and the other cops who were involved in this hoax, in it, not hoax, this inside job where the cops were the bad guys. She was honored. These are the people who have been con- awarded Congressional Medals of Honor for what they did on January 6th. So everyone is in cahoots, including congressional Republicans who have touted these two agencies as national heroes, never even mentioning the name of Ashley Babbitt, let alone Roseanne Boylan, let alone Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips, the two men who died of heart failure, heart attack, cardiac arrest Mm -hmm. around two o'clock that afternoon after suffering these events when flashbangs, which is this powerful mob control device, hits the ground, emits a large bang, and emits a large flash of light. D.C. Metro Police were throwing, and this is confirmed by their chief, by the way, throwing something called sting balls into the crowd. When it hits the ground, it emits rubber bullets. That's why you see people bleeding outside the building. No one was trying to get in. These are people who walked over after Trump's speech. This was after two o'clock after the first breach. A lot of people didn't even understand that people, some people had broken through a window to get inside. They were just there to see what was happening at the Capitol. Trump told them to go there. They thought something miraculous might happen that afternoon. And the police started attacking them. These two men both died of cardiac events. They were tried to, uh, protesters around them tried to save them. There's video of one man being carried off on a bike rack because there were no first responders there to help. And by the way, Lou, all of this is confirmed in a video that DC first responders put together that explained now they were trying to look like the heroes, but they actually looked like part of the cover-up because these paramedics, fire uh, department officials, et cetera, talk about how they encounter these four fatalities, including Ashley Babbitt that day. So all of this is confirmed, not just by video and eyewitness accounts, but by the first responders themselves. Four Trump supporters dead within two hours, two and a half hours on January 6th, and no one is talking about it. It's absolutely the truth. No one, I, I, I can't understand though. Well, I can understand. I shouldn't say that. I'm just, I'm just frustrated beyond measure at what the national news organizations, corporate outlets and, and ideological hacks they are, but to have no, nothing that stirs them to ask questions and to demand answers uh, as you have been doing for months. I, I just don't understand it. Do you? Oh, I do. I, I clearly understand it. And I do think this is why it's so suspicious what allegedly happened to Officer Brian Sicknick. Remember the officer, Capitol Police officer, we were told on January 7th, late that night, that he had been killed by Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, any scrutiny into the fatalities that day all went to what happened to Brian Sicknick. We were told he was killed with fire extinguisher, bludgeoned to death. The New York Times told us they had this uh, rare memorial service for him in the rotunda. Jill and Joe Biden showed up and gave their respects. He was buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Well, it turns out, Lou, we found out a couple months later, 
He didn't die of anything related to January 6th. He had a stroke caused by two blood clots, um, died at the age of 42 is what we were told. But for months, the public, everyone was led to believe that he died because of what happened at January on January 6th. Well, what happened? They seized on that news story, completely ignored what happened to Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan, Kevin Greeson, Benjamin Phillips, completely ignored what police did. Because also at the same time, all of a sudden, Democrats were taking a knee in the Capitol building seven months before threatening to defund the police. All of a sudden, you know, they were showering Capitol and D.C. Metro Police with all sorts of praise and medals, gave two billion extra dollars in emergency funding to Capitol Police. They couldn't get enough of these police officers right there. That should have been suspicious. Right. right. Um, so but this is part of the media. Uh, uh, complicity in uh, covering up what what happened to these four Americans. And as everyone is listening to Julie Keller, we are we have a Republican Party that doesn't understand that they are in an existential war. It is it is that serious, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, we are watching a a war on America, on everything that is American. These are these people are not just un-American that we're talking about. These are anti-Americans in a Marxist left administration, a puppet president. He is obviously uh, his strings are pulled by his masters uh, who are also Marxist left and and unidentified for the most part. We know some of them. Right, Julie. But the fact is. This is a, um, a moment in history that either the Republican Party will rise to or it is going to be, uh, unfortunately, uh, it's going to be in very serious trouble. And unfortunately, the nation as well. We're in deep trouble and people have to recognize this is no child's game. This is not regular uh, business as usual politics. This is an engagement uh, and a conflict over all that matters and is valued uh, in in America. Uh, do you disagree, Julie? No, not at all. And I know that it's hard for people to really come to terms with that. But when I write in my book that they are using this and other events to turn the war on terror against Americans on the right, it's not an exaggeration. Lou, I, I don't think that people are prepared to fully grasp what we are going to learn about January 6th over the next year or couple of years. Um, just like what's unfolding in the slow moving but methodical John Durham investigation, right. right? It is going to take years before we fully come to terms with what happened. But January 6th will make Russiagate look like a kindergarten play. There will be nothing in American history, collaboration between members of both political parties, between the news media, but behind uh, powerful government agencies, police forces, Homeland Security, the military that was all in on this inside job, January 6th, to finally what they thought would be get, get rid of Donald Trump, get rid of his supporters in Congress and criminalize support of Donald Trump. That's exactly what this was all about. And as we watch the, the cover up continue, we know that it could take years, and I, I hate to even say this, I, I, that we have to accept that right now, because I don't know that we've got years to fix it. 
Uh, we do know the Justice Department has not only been a conspirator in all of this, uh, they have been uh, the instruments, uh, the weapons of the of the Marxist left and the FBI, uh, the point of the spear. It, it, we have to come to terms with another thing. We cannot simply keep leaving it up to the Department of Justice to to investigate. We have got to bring in. And when I say we, I'm talking about the Republican Party and American citizens concerned about this nation. We've got to create investigative bodies. Right. The Republicans are sitting here watching this January 6th kangaroo Soviet era style inquisition carried out by an ideological group. That's all it is. Uh, and and they are and they're going to advance lie after lie and truth will never be found again if we are not careful. Why the Republicans? Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, uh, I want to get to you reporting on him as well. But they haven't got the guts or the brains to actually stand up and say, we're going to form a Republican investigative body. And I'm putting these senators and these congressmen on it. And this is what we're going to do and fund the damn thing. And I don't care if they have to raise money all over the country, but it's got to happen. And not a person has suggested that not one person. I don't understand why not, because I'm tired of Mr. Milktoast Kevin McCarthy and his duplicity, his deceit, his lies, and yeah. then that grinning face, uh, you know, patting uh, President Trump on the back uh, and telling, you know, like he is some sort of uh, uh, master uh, in the House of Representatives, the conference, what to do, or he won't disperse the money as he should in a, and apportion it, uh, it fairly. I, I mean, this is a sick moment in our in our country's political history, isn't it? It's sick. It's sadistic. Uh, it's highly dangerous and destructive to the people who are ensnared in what what you're saying. The DOJ's capital breach. Now they changed it to capital siege probe. Um, the oh, judges boy. on the D.C. District Court are just as disgraceful. And this includes Trump appointed judges all the way down to Reagan appointed judges. They are criminalizing thoughts about the 2020 election. This just happened. I posted on Twitter. This just happened a week or two ago. Beryl Howell, the chief judge of the D.C. District Court, blasting a man who, by the way, most of these people are pleading guilty to parading in the Capitol, a petty offense, a class B misdemeanor. She is excoriating this man and confronts him about whether or not he believes Joe Biden was legitimately elected. So, of course, he's standing there. You know, yes, I do. I believe that Joe Biden is the lawfully uh, elected president of the United States. This is the sort of thing they are extracting. It's like a struggle session. They are extracting this out of people who committed no crime on January 6th, Lou, parading in the Capitol. It's a constitutional right. It's not a crime. And so, but they have criminalized it with the help of these judges and this DOJ. Meanwhile, there's nothing out of Mitch McConnell because Mitch McConnell was in on January 6th, which I explain in detail in my piece on American greatness. He was in on it. His sergeant at arms repeatedly refused requests for extra help days before and the day of January 6th. He touted this failed insurrection. This is what he called it on the floor that night using all the Democrat and media talking points. He was in on what happened. 
And he got exactly what he wanted out of that day, which was to shut down Republican demands for an election audit commission. He never wanted it. He wanted Trump out of the White House. He wanted Republican lawmakers supporting Trump. He wanted them defeated. He wanted them vilified as insurrectionists. So in some way, he got his, to some measure, he got his way. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, on the other hand, we cannot trust him. He does not have the stones. He does not really actually, I mean, he just doesn't to do what has to be done. Everything is before the Republicans do to, to destroy the Democratic Party when they take power. We may not have the criminal authority to do so or the prosecutorial authority, but they certainly can make all of this public wall-to-wall public hearings, sworn testimony under oath, start with January 6th, use the Whitmer FBI entrapment scheme, go to Hunter's laptop, go back to Russiagate, uh, you know, this what this FBI and DOJ have been doing, how they're demanding prison time for class B misdemeanors, all the way up to how they've, how they've weaponized an obstruction felony that was never supposed to be. I mean, we have a whole menu of things that will expose to the public exactly what the Democratic Party is all about. Kevin McCarthy will not do it. He will nibble around the edges to try to appease the base, but he will not go for the throat. And that is a dangerous prospect. It truly is. And I think that uh, Kevin McCarthy is a nice guy. He has always been very nice, but that isn't the issue here. Uh, There are people who tell you that uh, Donald Trump isn't a nice guy because he calls it the way he sees it. And he's very blunt spoken which is the way, by the way, every American used to be. We used to be we used to be absolutely known for our ingenuity, our hard work, our inventiveness, our inventiveness, uh, our entrepreneurialism and being plain spoken. If you can if you can find Anglo-Saxon words in the mouths of certain leftists, I'm astonished because they're not plain spoken and they're deceitful. Uh, and I'm talking about those who are leading the the political efforts of the Marxist left, uh, the attorneys who are obfuscating, uh, disguising conspiracy and concerted actions, whether it be on January 6th, whether it be on uh, in the election of 2020. Uh, it's it's a horrific thing to, to watch this. Uh, and you are doing an amazing job. And Julie, we we appreciate it so much. We always give our guests here the last word. And so I want to uh, uh, turn to you for concluding thoughts, Julie Kelly. Well, Lou, I just want to thank you for continuing to have me on and help uh, you know make my reporting public and available to your audience. Um, They can find my work at amgreatness.com. I'm at Twitter at Julie underscore Kelly too. Also at Getter at Julie underscore Kelly. Um, And of course, my book about January 6th, which really details how we got to this point, is available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, etc. But just thank you so much for having me on and and you know letting me have a chance to to explain uh, uh, what's going on and what I've been covering. At any time, our pleasure. And uh, we're always here at your uh, disposal uh, for whatever you, whatever support you need. We're here for you. Thank Julie, you. Julie Kelly, great American, uh, great journalist and uh, doing absolutely essential work for the Republic. Thanks so much. God bless you, Julie Kelly. Thank you, everybody, for being with us here tomorrow. Our guest will be the great media warrior and great patriot, Steve Bannon.
host of the most popular political podcast in the country, Steve Bannon's War Room. We'll be talking about the Marxist Biden regime, the puppet president, and his mad Marx puppeteers and their policies of destruction. That's here tomorrow. Please be with us. Until then, God bless you and God bless America.